This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. This episode of This Week in HPC is brought to you by Bright Computing, smarter HPC clusters no matter what the future brings. Visit brightcomputing.com. $100 billion for NSF expansion. COVID-19 HPC Consortium spreads to Europe. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell. That's Tiffany Trader. Tiffany, This Week in HPC, the biggest news is a huge expansion for the National Science Foundation, which is going to get $100 billion or a proposal for $100 billion over five years to expand to become the National Science and Technology Foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is bipartisan legislation. It's called the Endless Frontiers Act. It was introduced by top Democrat Chuck Schumer from New York uh, and Republican Todd Young from Indiana in the Senate last week. If passed, new name, like you said, National Science and Technology Foundation. Technology is the key word. We'll get into that in a second. And this new organization would expand to more than four times the size of the entire agency's existing $8 billion budget. Yeah, we're still looking at a lot of the details as to what this plan specifically means in terms of how it works. And in addition to some of the the logistics about a new director coming in and two deputy directors underneath that and people who are in charge of the traditional science, people who are in charge of technology, the the efforts of this directorate call out specifically 10 key areas of technology that and STF would be supposed to be focused on. And several of these are directly pertinent to what we look at in HPC and AI. The first one on the list, artificial intelligence and machine learning, followed by high-performance computing, including semiconductors and advanced computer, computer hardware, quantum computing and information systems. So all of those three directly in our space before it gets into other things like robotics, um, uh, nat- natural disaster prevention, advanced communications, biotechnology, cybersecurity, advanced energy, material science. So there's a, a lot of other things on the list, but a lot of this is really going into the expanded world of high-performance computing, uh, assuming we include things like quantum and AI or machine learning in that. Uh, so that's it's going to be a major focus of this initiative. Yeah, I think it's an interesting list. I, I like the list of the, these 10 key points. Um, it's things that we would we would expect to see on there, things that we're seeing more and more focus on, more investment in. You know, we see AI at the top, high-performance computing, semiconducting, quantum computing, robotics, as you said. These are all things both we're seeing more investment on, both from the DOE and the NSF. And then uh, internationally around the world, you know, there's increased competition in these areas. And that increased competition competition seems to be what is catalyzing the, this focus on this expansion here. I agree with that. And as much as this is called the Endless Frontiers Act, uh, the, the uh, original article in Science uh, Magazine called out the, the uh, Keep Ahead of China Act. And I think there is an implication there that we want the United States to be at the forefront of all of these areas. And there's a big concern as to what would happen if China was the epicenter of technologies like supercomputing and artificial intelligence or quantum computing. There are aspects of this that then strike me as odd. I am all for having uh, more uh, science funded by the U.S. government and basic research. The whole point of NSF 
is is getting these big ideas funded and in, at a level that uh, the private sector won't do because there there's concerns about profitability and not knowing where the innovation is going to come from. So I love the increase in investment, but the notion of um, you know what does it mean for the United States to be ahead in artificial intelligence, particularly when you talk about things that get funded through NSF. Well, you know, China is a state-sponsored capitalism model. So we just sort of assume that any technology that's developed inside of China is the property of the Chinese government. And that's not so in the United States, which is a, a more laissez-faire privatized model. And, and if, if a company that's based in the United States, whether it's Facebook or Google or Apple or Microsoft, develops a new advancement, well, it's the property of, of that company. And, and maybe that's what we're looking at here is the, the government wants to have innovation that's all its own. But if that's true, then I have follow-up questions about what does it mean for the United States to be at that level at artificial intelligence and HPC, especially if you're talking about funding through the NSF, where, where you tend to talk about open science types of innovations. Does that mean that that's going to be proprietary to the U.S. government? I, that that would certainly apply if we were talking about things coming out of DARPA or the DOE. We get a lot of national interest investment there, but I typically associate NSF with open science. So I'm, I'm for it in general, uh, although some of the implementation left me scratching my head a little bit. You mentioned the increase in, in investment. Everybody in the community has, has a, has a had a positive reaction to that, but when it comes to subsidizing industry or even potentially keeping things exclusive and inside the government, well, those are certainly stickier issues and something that we would be we would be watching um, watching in this. Uh, and uh, as our editor, as our HPC Wire editor, John Russell wrote, uh, the early response from the science community has been somewhat mixed. Of many statements have come out in favor of the pro proposed changes. Uh, researchers and other stakeholders, they certainly are in favor of that additional funding, but they have they also have reservations about moving the NSF's emphasis away from curiosity-driven basic science to more policy-driven technology development. Uh, one of uh, the statements that we heard uh, from Arden Bemet, who was head of the NSF from 2004 to 2010, he told Science Mag Magazine that he believes federal funds should be directed through other agencies whose missions are more compatible with technology development. And then he said, he also said that he believes it would be a mistake for a technology directorate at NSF to serve as an offset to private funding for commercial innovation and entrepreneurship. Uh, that last part was a direct quote from him. And then uh, France Cordova, who just completed her term as NSF director this March, she enthusiastically uh, backs the proposal. She said in a statement to the news arm of American Institute of Physics um, that this would allow for more seamless integration of the very basic fundamental research and what people have called the use-inspired and more applied research. So it was interesting to get those, those two uh, comment commentaries. Um, and then we also received reaction and input from four prominent HPC folks speaking uh, to us on record, um, and they were all notably positive responses. So you you, uh, you can check out the article on HPC Wire to to read those responses from Thomas Sterling and Jack Dungara and Argon's Rick Stevens and TAC director TAC director Dan Sanzione. 
Yeah, great job getting the coverage from people in the HPC community. I think there is a, a clear indication that, well, we have to see exactly what's going to happen with this. It's, it's a bill that's being proposed. It has bipartisan support. I think you rightly point out that things might move slowly while most of the nations in the world's efforts are on pandemic fighting right now. And, and that's appropriate that COVID-19 should be taking up uh, the priority spot. But nevertheless, this does have bipartisan support going forward. I'm in favor of it in terms of increase in, in general science research. Some of the AI stuff, you know, that I, I wouldn't say any government is currently ahead of any other government in AI right now. It's companies that are out leading the charge, uh, major hyperscale companies that are are leading the way in terms of AI. And they've done that without any kind of investment from NSF. So that seems like a, a meat and potatoes sort of thing to put in there to say, well, America is going to be really good at AI. I would have some real questions about what that specifically means, but I don't want that to hold back uh, an initiative that can have this sort of impact on uh, jumpstarting scientific innovation. Yeah, you know, um, over to, to sum up some of the points we've already made, overall, I'd characterize the reaction here as hopefully but cautiously optimistic from a lot of our community with reservations, as we said, about potentially reducing the emphasis on fundamental science. Uh, we know there's always some tension there around that issue, and it wouldn't be surprising, I think, to see if, if that were to happen, to see that switch you know, happen under a Republican administration, um, since sometimes that is deprior the, the fundamental science can be de-emphasized de um, in those administrations. Um, there's also a question, as you pointed out, about whether and how quickly this bill would advance, given that there are a number of other priorities right now with respect to funding and, of course, uh, the all-hands-on-deck matter of the, the coronavirus, coronavirus pandemic. If it truly has bipartisan support, its best chance of getting through in this seating of Congress may to go, be to go through in a lame duck session after the November elections and before the new Congress it's, uh, next January. Uh, looking at some of the current priorities, uh, we've talked a lot on this week in HPC about COVID-19 and the role of HPC in supercomputing in modeling the disease, modeling um, uh, the response to the disease, target drugs, target proteins. And one of the bigger stories was the United States COVID-19 HPC Consortium. News this week in HPC is that that consortium is expanding across the ocean to Europe. So this is the COVID-19 COVID HPC Consortium that was announced, uh, I believe, in March, and we covered it then on the po podcast, too. So this is a, a public-private effort. It was uh, launched uh, with the, the White House through the, by the White House Office in Science uh, Technology Office, as well as the U.S. Department of Energy, working with IBM as well, and many other companies and organizations and labs in the U.S. Uh, and now this um, was originally a U.S. effort, only has now expanded to more than 56 research teams and extended to supercomputing centers and programs in Europe, including some centers uh, specifically in the U.K. Uh, we have the uh, new systems coming out of the UK, uh, Archer, uh, based out of the University of Edinburgh and funded by the EPSRC. And some of the other systems are one coming out of uh, the Science and Technology Facilities Council and the 
Biotechnology and Biological Sciences Research Council, Earlham Institute, as well as the Met Office and the UK Atomic Energy, and then uh, PISDANE, which is associated with the, the Swiss National Supercomputing Center. They have all been added to this effort. Yeah, what's been clear as the HPC community has rallied around resources for the pandemic is that if any scientist or researcher out there has something relevant to do with battling against the uh, the pandemic or 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 helping to model it, that access to supercomputing time shouldn't be one of their limited resources. We've we've seen a lot of contributions from the system vendors, from the cloud vendors, from the national labs, from uh, on in the United States and uh, abroad. So um, that's been gratifying, and and I'm hopeful that we'll we'll really start to see more and more results coming out of that. HPC Wire has already covered more of that, including preliminary models of how COVID-19 spreads through a population. I think that's going to be extremely interesting to watch research like that as different um, communities start to reopen away from shelter in place. And we look at, is there going to be a second uptick in terms of uh, reported cases or or deaths? And if so, how severe is it? Can we get some sort of guidance on what would it take to resume more normal day-to-day activities? Or, or are there parts of it that are just going to remain cut off for a very long period of time? I think HPC has a real role to play there. Yeah, all super critical areas of, of active research in, bio, in bioinformatics and epidemiology and molecular modeling require like all these, these systems. The consortium's aggregate supercomputing power is now listed at 430 petaflops. That includes IBM Summit system, which is uh, the top supercomputer on the top 500 list. It's uh, almost 150 petaflops. And I'll also just add a couple other names here. The PRACE, the Partnership for Advanced Computing in Europe, is is part of this, um, lending their systems to the effort, as well as some of the, the UK systems I mentioned uh, are being made available through the UK Research and Innovation uh, Organization, UKRI, in the UK. Um, and, you know, actually, we we got a little bit of a, a lead on the, that this could be happening a, a couple weeks ago. There was a video put out by H- IHS Market with Paul DeBar. He's the Undersecretary for Energy, and Thomas Zachariah, who, of course, heads up Oak Ridge Lab. They, they did an interview with IHS Market a, a couple weeks ago, and they mentioned that um, they were in talks with the UK as well as Japan and Canada to pinch but, but, to potentially bring them into the effort. So but perhaps we'll see more international partners in the weeks ahead. We can hope so. Uh, in both of these stories, what we're looking for is more resources for science in either case. So uh, you know, one thing that uh, this urgent need can give us is, is a sense of why the scientific exploration is important going forward. Our listeners can read more about these full stories on HPC Wire. Thanks, Tiffany, for recapping the news with me on This Week in HPC. And thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.